is John Cutterback with a Life Craft Read Aloud in our Christmas story series. Today's story, The Tale of the Wee Red Cap. It's a story from old Ireland. It's retold by Ruth Sawyer in her great book, This Way to Christmas. I'm happy to be at the copper hearth here with a warm fire next to me on a cold day outside. It's a wonderful day to share this lovely little story with you. It was the eve of St. Stephen, and Teg sat alone by his fire with naught in his cupboard but a pinch of tea and a bare mixing of meal, and a heart inside of him as soft and warm as the ice on the water bucket outside the door. The turf was near burnt on the hearth, a handful of golden cinders left just, and Teg took to counting them greedily on his fingers. There's one, two, three, and four, and five, he laughed. Faith, there'd be more bits of real gold hid under the loose clay in the corner. It was the truth, and it was the scraping and scrooching for the last piece that had left Teg's cupboard bare of a Christmas dinner. Gold is better nor eaten and drinking, and if ye have naught to give, there'll be naught asked of ye. And he laughed again. He was thinking of the neighbors and the doles of food and piggins of milk that would pass over their thresholds that night to the vagabonds and paupers who were sure to come begging. And on the heels of that thought followed another, who would be giving old Sean his dinner. Sean lived a stone's throw from Teg, alone in a wee tumbled-in cabin, and for a score of years past, Teg had stood on the doorstep every Christmas Eve, and making a hollow of his two hands had called across the road. Hey there, Sean, will you come over for a sup? And Sean had reached for his crutches, there being but one leg to him, and had come. Faith said Teg, trying another laugh, Sean can fast for the once. "'Twill be all the same in a month's time.' And he fell to thinking of the gold again. A knock came to the door. Teg pulled himself down in his chair where the shadow would cover him and held his tongue. "'Teg, Teg,' it was the widow Donnelly's voice. "'If you are there, open your door. "'I've not got the pay for the spriggin this month, "'and the children are needing food.' But Teg put the leash on his tongue and never stirred till he heard the tramp of her feet going on to the next cabin. Then he saw to it that the door was tight barred. Another knock came, and it was a stranger's voice this time. The other cabins are filled, not one but has its hearth crowded. Will you take us in, the two of us? The wind bites mortal sharp. Not a morsel of food have we tasted this day. Master, will you take us in? But Teg sat on holding his tongue, and the tramp of the stranger's feet passed down the road. Others took their place, small feet running. It was the miller's wee Cassie, and she called out as she went by, Old Sean's watching for ye. You'll not be forgetting him, will ye, Teg? And then the child broke into a song, sweet and clear, as she passed down the road. Listen all ye, tis the feast of St. Stephen. Mind that ye keep it this holy even. Open your door and greet ye the stranger, for ye mind that the wee lord had naught but a manger. Awira, us truag. Feed ye the hungry and rest ye the weary. This ye must do for the sake of our Mary. Tis well that ye mind ye who sit by the fire, that the lord he was born in a dark and cold byre. 
Awira Astruag. Tech put his fingers deep in his ears. A million murdering curses on them that won't let me be. Can't a man try to keep what is his without being pestered by them that has only idled and wasted their days? And then the strange thing happened. Hundreds and hundreds of wee lights began dancing outside the window, making the room bright. The hands of the clock began chasing each other round the dial, and the bolt of the door drew itself out. Slowly, without a creak or a cringe, the door opened, and in there trooped a crowd of the good people. Their wee green cloaks were folded close about them, and each carried a rush candle. Teg was filled with a great wonderment entirely when he saw the fairies, but when they saw him, they laughed. We're taking the loan of your cabin this night, Teg, said they. You're the only man hereabouts with an empty hearth, and we're needing one. Without saying more, they bustled about the room, making ready. They lengthened out the table and spread and set it. More of the good people trooped in, bringing stools and food and drink. The pipers came last, and they sat themselves around the chimney piece, a-blowing their chanters and trying the drones. The feasting began, and the pipers played, and never had Teg seen such a sight in his life. Suddenly, a wee man sang out, Clip-clap, clip-clap, I wish I had my wee red cap. Out of the air there tumbled the neatest cap Teg had ever laid his two eyes on. The wee man clapped it on his head, crying, I wish I was in Spain. And whist, up the chimney he went, and away out of sight. It happened just as I'm telling it. Another wee man called for his cap, and away he went after the first. And then another and another until the room was empty and Teg sat alone again. By my soul, said Teg, I'd like to travel like that myself. It's a grand saving of tickets and baggage, and you get to go a place before you've had time to change your mind. Faith, there's no harm done if I try it. So he sang the fairy's rhyme, and out of the air dropped a wee cap for him. For a moment, the wonder had him, but the next he was clapping the cap on his head, crying, Spain! Then whist, up the chimney he went after the fairies, and before he had time to let out his breath, he was standing in the middle of Spain, and strangeness all about him. He was in a great city. The doorways of the houses were hung with flowers, and the air was warm and sweet with the smell of them. Torches burned along the streets. Sweetmeat sellers went about crying their wares, their wares, and on the steps of a cathedral crouched a crowd of beggars. What's the meaning of that? asked Teg of one of the fairies. They're waiting for those that are hearing mass. When they come out, they give half of what they have to those that have nothing. So that on this night of all the year, there shall be no hunger and no cold. Then far down the street came the sound of a child's voice singing, Listen all ye, tis the feast of St. Stephen. Mind that ye keep it this holy even. Curse it, said Teague. Can a song fly after ye? And then he heard the fairies cry, Holland. And he cried Holland, too. In one leap he was over France, another over Belgium. And with a third he was standing by long ditches of water, frozen fast. And over them glided hundreds upon hundreds of lads and maids. Outside each door stood a wee wooden shoe, empty. Teague saw scores of them as he looked down the ditch of a street. What's the meaning of those shoes, he asked the fairies. You poor lad, answered the wee man next to him. Are you not knowing anything? This is the gift night of the year when every man gives to his neighbor. A child came to the window of one of the houses, and in her hand was a lighted candle. 
She was singing as she put the light down to close the glass. And Teg caught the words, Open your door and greet ye the stranger, for ye mind that the wee lord had naught but a manger, Awira, us Truag. Tis the devil's work, cried Teg, and he set the red cap more firmly on his head. I'm for another country. I cannot be telling you half of the adventures Teg had that night, nor half the sights that he saw. But he passed by fields that held sheaves of grain for the birds, and doorsteps that held, held bowls of porridge for the wee creatures. He saw lighted trees sparkling and heavy with gifts, and he stood outside the churches and watched the crowds pass in, bearing gifts to the Holy Mother and Child. At last the fairies straightened their caps and cried, Now for the great hall and the King of England's palace. Whist, and away they went, and tag after them. The first thing he knew he was in London, not an arm's length from the king's throne. It was a grander sight than he had seen in any other country. The hall was filled entirely with lords and ladies, and the great doors were open for the poor and the homeless to come in and warm themselves by the king's fire and feast from the king's table. And many a hungry soul did the king serve with his own hands. Those had anything to give gave it in return. It might be a bit of music played on a harp or a pipe, or it might be a dance or a song. But more often, it was a wish, just, for good luck and safekeeping. Teg was so taken up with the watching that he never heard the fairies when they wished themselves off. Moreover, he never saw the wee girl that was fed and went laughing away. But he heard a bit of her song as she passed through the door. Feed ye the hungry and rest ye the weary. This ye must do for the sake of our Mary. Then the anger had Teg. I'll stop your pestering tongue once for all time and catching the cap from his head, he threw it after her. No sooner was the cap gone than every soul in the hall saw him. The next moment they were about him, catching at his coat and crying, Where's he from? What does he hear? Bring him before the king. And Teg was dragged along by a hundred hands to the throne where the king sat. He was stealing food, cried one. He was stealing the king's jewels, cried another. He looks evil, cried a third. Kill him. In a moment, all the voices took it up, and the hall rang with, I kill him, kill him. Teg's legs took to trembling, and fear put the leash on his tongue. But after a long silence, he managed to whisper, I've done evil to no one, no one. Maybe, said the king, but have you done good? Come tell us, have you given aught to anyone this night? If you have, we will pardon ye. Not a word could Teg say. Fear tightened the leash, for he was known full well. There was no good to him that night. Then you must die, said the king. Will you try hanging or beheading? A hanging, please, your majesty, said Teg. The guards came rushing up and carried him off. But as he was crossing the threshold of the hall, a thought sprang at him and held him. Your majesty, he called after him, will you grant me a last request? I will, said the king. Thank ye. There's a wee red cap that I'm mortal fond of, and I lost it a while ago. If I could be hung with it on, I would hang a deal more comfortable. The cap is found and brought to Teg. Clip-clap, clip-clap, from a wee red cap. I wish I was home, he sang. Up and over the heads of the dumbfounded guard he flew and whist 
and away out of sight. When he opened his eyes again, he was sitting close by his own hearth, but the fire burnt low. The hands of the clock were still. The bolt was fixed firm in the door. The fairy's lights were gone, and the only bright thing was the candle burning in old Sean's cabin across the road. A running of feet sounded outside, and then the snatch of a song. "'Tis well that ye mind, ye who sit by the fire, that the Lord he was born in a dark and cold byre. Oira, Astruag. "'Wait ye, whoever ye are!' And Teg was away to the corner, digging fast at the loose clay as the terrier digs at a bone. He filled his hands full of the shining gold and hurried to the door, unbarring it. The miller's weak Cassie stood there, peering at him out of the darkness. Take those to the widow O'Donnelly, do you hear? And take the rest to the store. Ye tell Jamie to bring up all that he has that is eatable and drinkable. And to the neighbors ye say, Teg's keeping the feast this night. Hurry now. Teg stopped a moment on the threshold until the tramp of her feet had died away. Then he made a hollow of his two hands and called across the road. Hey there, Sean, will you come over for a sup? The Tale of the Wee Red Cap. 